This podcast is offered by Black Mountain Zen on the web at blackmountainzen.org. Our public offerings are made possible by the kind donations from people like you. To remind yourself of what, what it is to sit, you know, what it is, what it's not. Not, not in a coercive way, but in, like you, you were whispering something to your best friend that you'd really like them to know. And, and you're whispering it with, with a sense of deep caring about their well-being. And then to remind yourself the shift from doing to being. In, in how it, it's a subtle activity for us, you know? How do you do non-doing, you know? Uh, and yet, if we shift to noticing, we can ex literally experience it, resolve itself, the, the, the dualism, the dialectic, uh, just displays being just displays itself in noticing. And noticing whatever it is. You know? And then letting that sink in, letting that register, and then letting it guide you as you engage the body, engage the breath, and open up the senses and the heart and noticing the thoughts, the feelings, whatever. And accepting such is the nature of mind, that the thoughts are gonna arise, pull your attention and so be it. Just gently coming back. It's just the nature of mind, nothing special nothing terrible okay so if you could um, just mind yourself in that way the foolishness of not knowing Noticing what's being experienced through any one of the senses, including mind and emotions.
in his consciousness remembers, re-experiences, noticing. Bringing that noticing to the body. What is it? Let this live complex organism of a body, what is it to let it find an uprightness, an openness, a balance? Maybe there are subtle adjustments in your posture that you can make that facilitates that upright, open balance. What is it to let this primal life force breathe this body? It doesn't need any mental instruction about inhale and exhale. to trust the aliveness that you already are. And allowing the feelings and the thoughts with the admonition of simply experiencing. 
And when mind gets enticed into thinking, and that's noticed, pause, gently, deliberately come back to embodied being. the breath, breathing the body. To the great permission of letting what's happened, happening, happen.
And in a moment, I'll ring the bell and we'll transition back into interactive mode. As you go through that transition, try to notice anything and everything about consciousness. How the body shifts from being to doing. How does that influence mental activity? As if this transition was a great conscious experiment. Okay, so for the next part of our great conscious experiment, we will um, see what it is to go through the paramitas one at a time. And maybe for our, our joint clarification, if everybody who was in the group, group one and was part of the discussion. Well, maybe whether you were part of the discussion or not, um, group one can speak to us on uh, the first paramita, dana, generosity, giving and receiving. So if you were in group one, could you just put your hand up so we all get a visual of uh, who was in that group? If you'd leave out your hand up for, okay, so I see four people. Um, if I may ask, did you, uh, did you discuss the first parameter and did you discuss how you might report back to the rest of us? So um, we discussed the first parameter. We had a actually great discussion. We did not discuss how to uh, report out, um, so I will um, give my impressions of our of of what happened that day. Um, I think that when we um, when we first started, uh, again, I'm going to speak from I because, and even including what I've heard. Um, so when we started, I was thinking that this is very casual, give or receiver. And 
what was wonderful about that discussion is it went way way beyond that. Um, we had uh, one person who had a really very wonderful dis description of the her emotional spiritual experience of sharing with um, a family member and and just how it felt in her body um, and how it felt just in her being at that point and the transitions that that went through during that that conversation and how that then extended over as she started just seeing the world in a different light for a period of time. Um, uh, another person had their had a their experience that they shared was was starting as a child thinking about her family and thinking about how 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 um, uh, Donna grew through her family and through her life and who which brought her to who supported her over her life and the gratitude um, that she had for all these little steps that happened in her life um, in a very, very kind of positive, um, mm. affirming manner. Um, another person also followed their family, which was coming from a much more difficult circumstance and the experiences that they had in their family were were not would at the point were certainly not considered positive experiences yet now that person was able to see how in their life it brought them to what they're doing it brought them to just even at this moment um uh being not confident but then the times when they were confident of being able to kind of move forward. Um, uh, the most, uh, and I, I, I won't say the most fascinating, another person just had her car stolen and her bicycle stolen two days before and mm -hmm. had a discussion with us about giving, <laughs> Un mm. unexpected giving <laughs> and how knowing and how coming to this group, she was, able in just that moment to just be able to talk about this unexpected gift that she did not want to give <laughs> that has she had no plans to that now has been given and her feelings about that and and even you know there's some positiveness and there's blame in that giving of what did i do did i do this you know did i not clock my car up things like that that just were were really all about the complications of giving <laughs> in a lot of ways um and mm. then and then there was one other conversation around uh generosity as honesty of having honest and difficult discussions and the a reaction to that discussion was from someone to say wow that was really brave and honest of you to do that. Not many people do that. This was in a workplace. Not many people do that in a workplace. And the generosity of that observation and that gift back to be recognized and then the 
that person's back and forth of like, can I actually recognize that or not? You know, can I accept that observation just as someone being generous and giving uh, to that person? So I th I, that, that covered a lot of um, what we talked about and maybe the other members have some other things to say. Yeah, thank you, Alan. That's a great recounting. Uh, thank you. So anyone else in group one like to uh, add to that or go a little deeper into some part of it? people that I can see that were in group one, I think were Conan and Louis. I, I think you're both, you can unmute yourselves if you would like to do that. We won't put you on the spot. Um, but let me ask you all. So I, I'm curious, as you might expect, that, uh, you know, I suggested certain reflections, you know, and, and Alan spoke to them some, you know, your childhood, moments when you were generous, um, how did it feel? What did it engender? In your in others, you know, and then the balance for us all moments when we weren't generous. You know, how was that? Uh, and then a, a list of suggested practices, you know, to deliberately uh, be generous um, when maybe your usual habits wouldn't bring generosity into a certain moment. I wondered if you find any of uh, those moments. I, I once taught a class and I gave everybody a dollar bill and then I asked them to give it away to a stranger. You know, just that ex social experiment of intentional generosity that it's almost like it's out of context, you know. There, there's no, unless the person's a homeless person, you know, or in the obvious need, why would you give them something? Yeah. I wondered if you experimented with anything like that. Or if you were just generous in a moment when maybe, um, as someone was saying, you know, almost like contrary to the conditions, you know, your car gets stolen. 
that would usually be a moment of annoyance, anger, frustration, discouragement about where our society is going. None of which really stimulates, under normal circumstances, generosity. So maybe uh, those of in the group, on group one, you, you, if you wish to address that, and then if we well, if you, well, let's try that first. Any of you like to address uh, in group one? Anyone would like to address that? Uh, how you practiced with generosity? Um, well, one thing that I did was. Um, uh, during the um, during the pandemic, we're sheltering in place, and so some of the people who normally come through our household and you know help us do different things, um, they're out of work. So I decided I was going to continue to pay. Uh, somebody who helps us clean our house. And, um, you know, I, I wrote the check and carefully thought the whole thing through. And um, I just watched myself as I walked, you know, to the post office and put it in the mail and just thought about how I felt about it. And was I going to be worried if I, you know, was doing the wrong thing or something like that. But um, I did feel, you know, I felt good after I put it in the mail. And um, uh, since then I haven't heard anything, you know, um, I've been doing it for several months now, but, um, and I don't, sometimes I think is that foolish or is that just generous? and. I'm just having faith that I'm being generous and um, I'm not, I'm letting it go, the idea of waiting for somebody to thank me for that. So um, mm. uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to watch how that feeling ebbs and flows. So mm -hmm. that's my share. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. It, and, and that, one of the variations of our generosity, you know, it's like, am I expecting something in return, albeit even just acknowledgement, you know? Uh, and what if I don't receive it, you know? How is that? You know? How is it not to uh, have your generosity affirmed? Thank you. Wonderful reflection. Um, anyone else a, beyond group one like to offer an experience uh, that they had with their generosity? Or lack of it, if you prefer. And, and just one last note, sometimes it, it, it's, it's a helpful balance for us to look at both sides, you know, okay, 
when I was generous, it was like this. When I wasn't generous, it was like this. Just to remind ourselves, yes, both of those energies, both of those dispositions are part of me. And then to even watch, well, which one is more easily uh, recognized or affirmed? No, that that's helpful to notice too. What's what's my inclination in terms of my own self-image? Okay, so the next um, paramita was sila. Uh, and, and then I was mentioning, you know, sila, how, how usually that word translates as discipline, which has, especially if you look at the dictionary definition, has a kind of hard edge to it. You know? I don't know if it was a Webster's Dictionary or whatever it was I was looking at online, you know, saying compliance with the rules and potential punishment for non-observance. And then the Buddhist notion that sila is that which the code of conduct that facilitates your well-being no? or the, the word i was using was was virtue and, and then in that way it's it's a much more user user friendly notion no so maybe those of you in uh who were in group two um, maybe if you would raise your hands so the rest of us would know. Okay. Okay, three. Um, would any one of you be willing to summarize your group experience? And, and of course, the others can chime in, not to say one person should talk and the other should be silent. Well, I'll say a little bit and then maybe um, Cormac could say a bit more. <laughs> um, I'll say a little bit so I remember. Um, okay. I remember us talking about the importance of Zazen to underpin um, discipline and that how we need a discipline to try and do <clears throat> a daily zazen, and that would be a tremendous help. <clears throat> and we talked about really practical things, like the importance of getting enough sleep so that you felt able to do your zazen. Mm. Um, and then we also talked about the importance of speech um, that was very central, um, both in being disciplined enough to listen to other people and also being disciplined enough to just pause before speaking so that you don't hurt other people's feelings, particularly when they've done mm -hmm. something to make you angry. So I expect Cormac can remember some other things as well. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I, I suppose this will be probably largely from my perspective. Um, I uh, 
I suppose, uh, I suppose what I discussed or fed back to the group is mainly with regards to listening and um, because Celia was partly our engagement and behaviour with others, how we interact with them and uh, listening. Um, I know it was mentioned previously in generosity. I mean, giving our attention to people, and uh, that was a way of giving. But that was important with interacting with people. And personally, I uh, in the past have had a tendency to um, tune out, for want of a better term. Sometimes when people are speaking, especially whenever it's on a topic which uh doesn't interest me i tend to uh stop listening and give the appearance that i'm actually participating in the conversation but i'm not so i try to change that because it is uh, a bad habit obviously which affects my interaction with people so i made a conscious effort to uh, try and listen and engage more even if the topic wasn't particularly of interest to me. Um, so I made an attempt to try and do that and also to be fully present during a conversation to try and uh, notice my emotions uh, before the conversation, uh, to try and not prejudge you know, which way the conversation was trying to, was going to try and be in the moment and uh, see what happened and see what my emotions were at different stages. Um, well, my interactions, as I suppose most people's were, were somewhat limited by COVID-19, obviously. So uh, largely with family and friends. Um, yeah, I did find that I was, uh, better able to interact more meaningfully with people uh, through Zazen. Um, the others agreed in the group. Um, personally, I find that uh, it helps focus the mind and uh, it's it just, it helps you to have more meaningful interaction and pick up on things that you'd otherwise pick up on to not be quite so reactive. And as Isabel said, if there are strong emotions raised, um, if you disapprove with what the person's uh, speaking about, then it can be difficult to not be reactive to that. Um, strong emotions, uh, trying to think of a word, not quite anger, but on the anger spectrum, the strong disapproval. Um, mm -hmm. If that's present, then it's very difficult to, to really have the time to consider that you have that emotion and to think about reacting appropriately, you know, consider, is this the right response to the situation? Uh, everything tends to come out very quickly in that sort of situation that can be difficult to to moderate your response um but yeah the group felt that zaza did help but yeah appropriate you know uh but you need to be well rested really to participate uh fully and 
Percy, another thing that I noticed was uh, you had raised before about uh, on our engagement or on our interaction with friends, was there an element of competition and things? And yes, I noticed that there was. I wasn't previously aware of it, but there's definitely there's a competitive edge, not really with family, more so with friends. Um, that's something I hadn't really noticed before, but uh, actually is probably quite prominent. Um, that's about all I can say. Okay, thank you. That was terrific. Thank you for your honesty and your insights. Um, anyone else in group one or group two like to add anything? Well, maybe for the sake of time, we will uh, move to the third paramita, uh, kashanti, or patience. Um, well, if I could just say one thing about sila, um, that, that it's it's helpful for us not to allow sila this is a kind of like a strange thing to say but not to allow sila to have a more dominant position in our notion of practice than the other paramitas um, you know the, the the paramitas support each other and play off of each other you know and and i notice that you you know when, when we have a ceremony which the japanese an ordination ceremony which the japanese name is entering the way you know, and and we in the West, at least at San Francisco Zen Center, we tend to call it taking the precepts, you know, as if to say, this is about sila. It's, it's actually about entering the way. And all the paramis, all the paramitas are relevant and expressing the entering the way, you know, like when our sila is supported by our generosity and our patience you know it it uh, it becomes less coercive and 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 more nurturing you know and uh, so i would offer you that thought you know that to uh, I, I sometimes attribute it as many of you've heard me say I attribute it to the Judeo-Christian notion of the priests of the Ten Commandments. You know, that this is uh, really our relationship with spirituality is mediated by a version of sila, uh, which of course it is, but it's also mediated through all the other paramitas too. Okay, so. Um, could those of you who are, were in the third group, the, the one on patience, could you put your hands up? Okay, thank you. Um, would any one of you like to start uh, telling us how your conversation went?
On the other stuff? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, just following on from what you were saying, Paul, with with patience, we were discussing, well, there was some really lovely things said by everybody. Um, but that you can be, people were talking about like oh, the openness and, 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 and energy and, and things that you can have when, well, from my own perspective, that even when I feel impatience to, to be able to say, it's like, even thank you or something, because it's going to be an opening in that instant to what I'm experiencing. Um, and where, where I feel it in the body. For me, it's an, I'm starting to have a sense of where it is in, in the body when I'm feeling it. Um, and that, that I tell that, that I was talking about, that I tell, I, I add a story onto the impatience for an example would be, I order something off the internet. It doesn't arrive on the day I expect it to. That's okay. Two days later, the story starts. Three days later, the postman's a thief and it follows on, follows on, follows on. And there's none of it's true. And it arrives five days later. And so sometimes I connect things to the stories. Um, and then, you know, just how, 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 um, the, how I would use the breath and how, how being with the breath uh, can help with impatience, you know, finding some kind of refuge in the breath. Um, but, and then I'll just finish. There was a lovely thing at the end, which is really nothing to do with patience, but uh, Katrina showed photographs of where she kayaks to, and then Margaret sent a join. And then I sent some music, and then Johnny sent a painting. Mm. So we all shared lovely stuff mm. at the end of it. So that's all I'll say. Thank you, Johnny. I love that you all sent each other a gift. Uh, re return to the first parameter. Yeah. Um, anyone else like to add something? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, now we can. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I just I love the patients in my group. We just were four. There were eight of us, I think, or nine all together, but mostly only four met. And um, one thing that I remember so well was that the the tenderness that we we um, I definitely have have been much more tender toward myself and toward others you know because of that i think um and 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 also the dance that that happens when you are practicing patience and you you persevere with what's happening and you um have that element of forgiveness and acceptance um how it brings up all the other paramitas i mean the generosity of giving the time to the person to let them explain themselves or whatever the gratitude of of um, somebody else's patience. I mean, oh, it's like a, this beautiful dance and um, of the parameters. And I just, I love that. And um, I, my life is changing. I mean, because of the parameters, and and especially because of, I think patience uh, is one of the main ones. Um, anyway, it's been great. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Katrina. 
an endorsement for patience, yes. <laughs> yeah, it seems like any one of us, when we reflect on our life, we could see, yes, there are things that can easily annoy me, and it, it, it almost never hurts to be uh, patient with all that, and the causes of it, and the people involved, including ourselves. Anyone else like to add anything? Hi, I, um, I missed the group yesterday and I was sad about that. I was involved in a four day retreat. It was the last day of the retreat, so I couldn't really abandon it. But, um, you know, for me, patience, it points to ideas I have in my head about what, you know, my agenda and my opinion of what other people need, what their agenda should be. And, you know, and it just helps me patience helps me to pause and um, open that space uh, for other possibilities um, and realizing that these ideas I have aren't the be all and end all and where do they come from anyway and who do I think I am with agendas for other people. So, um, and yes, as the SELA people were talking, especially with the speech, especially in speech, patience is uh, so helpful to pause and allow what needs to take place rather than Im imposing what I need onto that. So it was a lovely group and I'm sorry I couldn't make it yesterday and I really enjoyed all the artwork from everyone. Um, and mm. these parameters have been so, so great during this time of, of a lot of waiting and a lot of patience. So thank you, everybody, and thank you, Paul. Thank you, Catherine. So I, I didn't quite see if there was anyone else in the group, in the patients group. Uh, if there was, if you'd like to say something. Or if you weren't in that group and you'd like to say something, that would be fine too. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes? Well, I didn't make the uh, last night either, uh, as Catherine couldn't, uh, because I was in a pranic healing workshop. But I have been practicing with immense patience. I have to give myself some credit because I've been in a lot of pain for many years. And I really have just in the last two days or so come to grips with living a bigger life than my pain. And it is really without an agenda to lose it, I can live with it. And I can see that sky and you and these flowers I have and taste good food and many other things. <laughs> mm. And it's just really, um, 
I'm, I'm very grateful because I really can live with it if I have to. I, I, I'm trying to figure out the way, the right speech to talk about pain because I don't want it to linger if it wants to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know. So that's my story, everyone. It's really a delight uh, since April, has it been? I think uh, you carried me through the lockdown. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Leila. Thank you. Um, any other comments or shall we move on? Any? Yes. Go ahead, Thomas. Um, I just yes. wanted to say that to me, in this moment, patience was one of the most important things. And one thing I realized about patience is that impatience is kind of an attempt to dominate the situation. And by having patience, I can allow things to happen. And um, then I can be changed. So uh, mm. for me, patience is key and central in my stance towards the world right now. Um, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. Anyone else like to add anything? Okay, I'm I'm aware of the time, so um, the the next paramita is Vridya which translates it, the, the continuum of Vriya is from uh, effort, persistence, to energy. Uh, and um, if the people who were in uh, that small group, if you could put your hand up, if you would, so we can uh, see. Let's see, I see Mary, is there anyone else? Oh yeah, Maria. Um, okay, would either of you uh, like to say something about Virya, effort, energy, and how your small group meeting was? Hi, this is Maria in Northern California. Yes. And I'm, I'm just briefly going to touch base. Um, I am uh, the meeting host on Zoom and uh, uh, wanted to check if Mary wanted to speak because uh, unfortunately Zoom cut off 
the uh, as they promised <laughs> only 40 minutes and uh, you know mary didn't have time to share so i want to make sure that she gets a, a time and also uh we added trent but uh, i think the link maybe went out too late or his schedule didn't allow to come uh, if he would like to speak that would be good um, i wanted to just quickly report the uh, the meeting uh, we had uh, people speak about their daily life and how it cycles through the awareness and the energy that flows and one person shared how um, they have the when they started their practice uh, with ease they could wake up very early it's 3 30 in the morning um, and not be tired you know have enjoyed the quietness of the day and do their practice and resume ritual and not be tired in the afternoon um, and now they want to return to that uh, and that person still maintains a morning ritual and how i what was particularly striking is that um, when they felt tired they felt how uh, there is some other pool of energy that they need to find access to and then they return to being energized and not tired anymore so it was a matter of just finding the the they said the key to that other door um on my part i i was reflecting how the what is where does energy uh for practice lie in me and, and what parts of practice I'm more uh, motivated and more energized by and for me first period of Zazen at Tassahara was just a no-go <laughs> I just never ever could just really be present I just slogged through it but onwards I was just really there and um, yeah, like especially after uh, after ten o'clock, <laughs> and in Sashin, especially in Sashin, I felt like these late sessions, like after tea time in the afternoon, and the best ones were after the bell, the evening bell, where you can just go and sit in the zendo after the last bell, uh, the informal sessions. Those are just really monumental pillars in my practice because I really felt I, I was really joined with the universe and, and supported by the whole interdependent network of, of being mm. and that's that stays with me I mean this stays with me in some of the moments of, of struggle in my daily life um, mm. And I also felt like I had a lot of energy for transformation, to look, to study the self, to really examine the self. Those were moments, you know, those were uh, aspects of practice I really thirst for. And I'm very, um, I give my energy there and, or at least at the time, 
even now actually um, and also I I derived a lot of energy from that and there's a lot of um, motivation there because I feel like I tapped into a larger pool of, of purpose uh, that I'm not just practicing for myself but for all beings and I also get supported by that so with that I pass mm. thank you Maria um, anyone else who was in that group whether you made the meeting or not you're welcome to say something Okay, Trent, please go ahead. Unfortunately, I had the time wrong. I thought we were meeting at noon and then realized it was one. I had another appointment. Um, but my life is this thing about energy and um, mm. often misplaced, a whirlwind of energy. Um, until I realized Zen, which was in a jail cell. And then I took all that energy and put it in my heart, put it in my mind and started to sit. A friend sent me a book and that was all I needed. By the time I was done with that five and a half year experience, I was teaching meditation to prisoners. Mm. Um, the energy turned into angry drunkenness, fights in the street, um, and now I'm working with a tech group to create a, uh, a meditation app, a Zen centered app that will uh, also go to prisoners. A lot of those guys and girls in prison can buy a little tablet. It's a, an Android like tablet and I want to give this to them, um, no charge. And, um, while doing that through this pandemic um, energy and focus has been lost I spend a lot of days I think I saw the word doom surfing um, just hmm. reading the news and being angry whether it's Portland or that one dude you all know who I'm talking about and it's just a distraction and I put a lot of energy into that distraction then I have to get back into it I have to focus on what's far more important um, in the notes that I took in all of our classes I didn't write much for the energy I wrote a lot about patience and my energy says to patients hurry up and teach me patience so uh, it's uh, I have to <laughs> be really careful um, with my energy uh, to to use it for good. Uh, the energy is rooted in anger. Um, and I have to uh, turn that into a, a very sharp tool rather than a blunt one. And it's mm -hmm. something that I, I work at every time I sit to focus my mind to a place where I know this place exists. Um, and I don't know if it's something I imagined because I was dead 
uh, motorcycle accident in 1988. Um, went through a red light at about 50 and uh, a woman was turning left. So we kind of met and uh, I did a beautiful double somersault across the intersection and landed on my back, thank goodness, because no helmet. And, um, but a pretty severe fracture of my skull and a really wild out of body experience. And then what I guess the masters would call non-dual light. So I did mm. kill myself Zen master. And then I spent 30 years trying to figure out what it meant. And uh, that mm. energy drove me to many, many places. Um, be careful what you wish for and be really aware of what's happening around you. Um, it took mm -hmm. two months before I could put two words together that anybody understood. I was never supposed to speak again. Family was preparing, you know, doctors for me for the rest of my life. Um, mm -hmm. my cat scan is frightening. And, um, so it's a powerful force, what you put in your mind what you can do with it and um, energy as has been said today one parameter leads to the other they all are so interconnected they're they're all the same thing and mm -hmm. i guess uh, that's all i can say thank you so very much okay thank you trent so um Again, thank you for those who spoke, and I am aware we have less than 15 minutes left. So even though we could stay there, if we could move on to uh, dhyana, uh, absorption or full engagement in the moment, or whatever activity we're involved in. And if you could, if you could put up your hand if you were in that group, Would one of you uh, like to start the conversation around that paramita? I'll start. Can you hear me? Yes, Rob, we can. Um, well, kind of listening to everybody today, um, I, I guess I would sum up kind of our group experience. There was a lot said, and we met the time before uh, on Diana, and then met again this time. So we kind of had a double mm. dose of it, which was which was kind of great because the first time uh, most of us didn't do the homework. <laughs> so, ah. <laughs> Anyway, well, good. So, yeah, so, uh, but, um, you know, just listening to everyone today and the experience of being in the group, uh, you know, I have to say that um, that really, you know, it's really an extraordinary thing to be, our group was, I guess, four and maybe five the time before, but it's really extraordinary to be in a group of people in this world where there is space for everyone to be themselves. 
And, um, and I was just reflecting on how uh, that's really meditation in, you know, in speaking in being with each other. Uh, there was a sense of absorption uh, that was very uh, opening and healing and um, yeah, very, uh, very present. Um, and it's not always the case. I do other kinds of meetings and often people are vying for attention and, you know, but, um, but also uh, just in terms of, uh, you know, we had talked about pleasant and unpleasant experience. There seemed to be a kind of a group. Uh, several of us uh, mentioned swimming um, as, uh, you know, uh, an experience where we felt very absorbed and uh, connected. Um, I think someone had mentioned going camping with their family, being together, uh, listening to music, uh, practice, actually performing music and listening. And part of that was uh, yesterday, some, some childhood memories of hearing uh, music, hearing outside noises and kind of being transported into a different place as a child and um, kind of the marvelous way that uh, children just experience things that way. And, um, and that was followed by another part of our group, uh, another member of the group who uh, mentioned that their pleasant experience was listening to that previous person's uh, experience. And um, it kind of went on that. And I thought this is marvelous because it's what's happening, you know, right mm -hmm. now. And, uh, and just, and just, I could just feel myself. I felt in my body, a spaciousness, uh, a sense of a, a mutuality shared kind of feeling. Um, and, and I guess, you know, I would say um, safety. There's a sense of safety where there's no threatening uh, person or element or something, especially now with what's going on all around us outside. But, um, so, um, and uh, just personally for myself, in terms of the swimming, my wife and I uh, try to, at the end of every day, go swimming in the pond. And uh, I was thinking that part of that is that we go together. And uh, there's something about that that's, uh, it's also wonderful to go on your own, but I really enjoy that aspect of it because we're in our own different lives. And, and, uh, and then she kind of does her swim across, her healing swim across the pond and I go snorkeling around in the reeds, looking at the fish and uh, kind of exploring. And, um, and I'm so aware of the sense of, uh, the, wa the water temperature is perfect right now, so you have no awareness of temperature. So there's a sense of no boundary with your body, just this kind of one with the water and a sense of buoyancy and support, you know, being supported. And, um, and I think of maybe above all, a sense of curiosity and wonder and, mm. and really thinking how... Um, if I'm a painter when I'm painting or gardening or doing the things that do have kind of these pleasant associations, uh, that, um, there's a sense of curiosity there. And, uh, and that's just in itself an opening experience, uh, as opposed to when, um, you know, I have a deadline or some kind of pressure 
And the temptation is to get caught by that and just um, push. So I find for me, um, really absorption, uh, a big part of that is pausing, is patience, uh, having the patience to be with what is happening. Uh, and I don't seem to ever regret doing that, um, but I do notice that uh, when I push too hard and kind of lose a sense of my surroundings, it often ends in, um, you know, uh, fatigue <laughs> and uh, mm. other, other issues. And, uh, and then that kind of becomes its own issue, you know, rather than just being fatigued. So, so that's all I can think of right now. I'm kind of uh, fatigued anyways and hot. And <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Anyone else in that group like to add their experience? Go ahead, Peter. Yeah, um, I would really like to um, talk tonight about really um, uh, all the parameters that lead to uh, insight into um, just experience of self, non-self, um, and how that really fits into, you know, discipline. The discipline of sitting was the discipline which gives you energy. The energy which gives you absorption, which gives you insight into all the different experiences in life. And, and I, um, um, I'm going through a really great experience at the minute. Um, you know, I had a really very big one about a year ago, which was a you know idea of non-self, um, which was really very powerful and really changed a lot of things in my life. How I really see things, um, and you know that was a great fortitude it got it got that distance from me, which. I don't really see it. it was important for me to see that, but not really the word important for anyone else. But like, um, but now like I was um, grateful for that. But um, now at the minute, it's more like the, the you know been grateful and that discipline, sort of like that everything really sort of um, comes from. It's like everything in the real comes into really the moment now, but it doesn't actually come at all, really. It's actually just always there, but it is, has no function of moving at all. It's just, you know, something which is um, going on. And it's a bit like um, sounds, sense, smells, everything, or anything in movement which is going on is not actually moving, but the only really can explain it, as by seeing, is the real is coming. I I was really um, very emotional about that. That really struck me, and it's still, this couple of days is really sort of built up because I had sort of great sense of, um, you know, I, I thought that, you know, that experience of non-self means there's nothing else but that's not true because there is really there's really more to it than that 
Um, and, and I'd really like to share that experience with everybody tonight because, like them, that just these type of experiences, insight, absorption, everything, you know, that discipline can lead you to really see things like that, but not really just to yourself, really, you know. And that's really the most important thing, you know. And when you really get these sort of things happen, then it really means that it, it, it makes all the rest really makes a lot of sense, you know. And uh, so I, I feel really sort of very grateful for that, you know. And um, it, it's, it, things like that can really change your whole perspective and your whole reality of things, um, which... Um, make you into a far better person. Um, you may think, well, how does that do that? Well, that just sort of like um, makes you see that, you know, that um, things are not generally the way that all people might say to you about them. You know, it's really about really experiencing the whole thing yourself. And when you see that, like, you know, it really is like, well, here it is, you know, I can read all these books in Zen, but it's actually, you can see it now, and it's really very important because that supports your whole practice. It support, supports you as a person, and then it supports everyone else around you, you know. And um, these great things, you know, um, you know, I think I did round that off, you know, that, you know, uh, just to see that can, can really make you, can fulfill yourself and make you, grateful of life and to be a good person in ways. You know, these are the most important things. It's, you know, Zen's really all about sitting. It's, it's all about that. So uh, I'd like to finish off on that, you know. Um, so thanks. Thank you. Um, anyone else have something they'd like to offer? I, I need to go in a moment, but if, if anyone else would like to offer something on um, insight, prajna, as, as the Sanskrit says. Okay, go ahead, Catherine. Um, thank you, Paul, and thank you, everybody. It's been really wonderful sharing and a wonderful time. And, and the whole journey um, has given me a great sense of being held and a, a wonderful way of connecting with myself and my world and the people in my world. And about insight, it's a very interesting um, concept. Um, it's interesting. I feel insight is something that happens. It's not, as a result of all the other um, parameters. It's not something I can discipline myself about or, or work at in a sense, and yet it is because I've got a lot of insight in, in, in looking at myself and during this whole process. So 
um, I found your 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 um, cultivating um, our insights. I found your reflections very helpful, Paul. Thank you. And I find that um, stepping out of myself and looking at my habitual ways of responding, or especially when I'm um, overreacting about something. And um, what I find very difficult in my life actually at the moment is when somebody shouts at me and um, I might just be asking a simple question and the response I get is a shout back and I feel I, I cannot explain myself in the moment or, or, or I might try to over explain myself which is not good either those situations so I'm, I've been working at trying to find a way to not engage um, in my habitual way and that is quite challenging because I feel my whole central nervous system is activated at such moments and how does one how does one really be with oneself how does how do I come into a moment of being with myself in those moments yeah. mm. it, the work is ongoing um, I'm I'm realizing that and I'm learning and um, and the journey is is very helpful thank you okay. I know you have to go Paul and thank you so um, thank you for for tuning back in uh, it, for me, having this this extra class, so so to speak, extra class, is um, you know in, in in generating those reflections and practices. Uh, my intention and maybe my aspiration is in the everyday lives of um, that we're all living, one way or another. Um, what what helps us? What what brings the uh, the parameters? What brings them to life in our everyday life? Uh, and uh, it brings them to life, and then also lets them become part of what we are and how we are and what we're doing. Uh, and uh, that's what those reflections, you're using the activity of mind. To stimulate, you know, in one way we could say to stimulate um, a sense of being that, that that's virtuous, to use that word, or a sense of being that inclines us towards that that virtuous, patient, generous, dedicated person that that we are and if you have any further reflections on um, which ones you find particularly helpful or which ones were baffling or ones you made up yourself that were better or or more helpful um, i i would appreciate if you just sent me an email um, 
I, I think we teach each other, you know, we, 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 in a way you could say, well, here we are practicing in Western culture, but we're practicing something that's roots are in Eastern culture. So our challenge, our ongoing challenge is how do we adapt it to this culture? Uh, as diverse as we are, you know, let's look at that diversity as an enrichment. You know, here we are from different parts of the world uh, under completely different circumstances in some ways, but still, uh, I, I would suggest you, we, we are all strongly influenced by Western culture with all its implications. Uh, we're co-creating practice in the West. So if you have any thoughts, insights, opinions, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to hear them. Uh, and thank you for being part of this course. Um, if you have any deep wishes to what else you would like us all to study together, you can add that too. Um, I am thinking of, I haven't completely decided the ox herding pictures. The, uh, the ox herding pictures uh, as thinking of ourselves as being on the spiritual path. And, and how, how do we connect to that? How do we engage it? How do we let it have its influence? And then how do we also see it come to fruition? So, but we'll keep you informed about that. Uh, thank again, thank you very much for being part of this class. And I hope uh, it keeps just bringing positive energy to your life. Okay. And take care.